Credit Card, brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to takeoff. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only. Acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Breezy and mostly cloudy. Rain is on the way for most areas. Highest temperatures today, 9 to 12 degrees Celsius. And now you're up to date on News Talk. Thanks for that, Sinead and Ross. You're listening to Lunchtime Live on Scripted with me, Susan Kyo, this afternoon, filling in for Kira Kelly, where we're talking about only what you're talking about. We are live and on scripted, so get in touch with us this afternoon. We've been talking about the tax defaulters list, whether it's fair to name and shame people and a huge reaction to our conversation about disabled parking spaces being used by people who don't need them. But we're moving on to another topic now. This is in an, is- an issue that we got a query in from a listener and they were looking for some advice on this. Now, they didn't want to come on air, but they did want us to discuss this topic. The listener wrote, I wonder, could you help me? Do you think should married couples stay together for the sake of the children aged 12 and 15 years? Love has left our marriage and the silence is unbearable. We can't take the tension and the atmosphere any longer. We tried counselling, but my husband is no longer committed and has checked out of the marriage. Can't bear to break children's hearts and break up family. What is the right thing to do? So are you in an unhappy marriage wondering the same? I'm sure this is something that a lot of people have to deal with. Are you on the other side of maybe a separation or a divorce and can explain how you dealt with your children and how maybe you feared that heartbreak that you were going to put on them, but maybe they came out the other side? Or are you an adult, which you do hear an awful lot? Adults will tell you, adults who grew up in a home where they knew that their parents didn't love one another, but were staying together for their sake, shouldn't have done it. They should have gone their separate ways because it just wasn't quite worth it. And the kids always know you can't pull the wool over kids' eyes. We want to hear from you. What do you think? What would you advise? Text us 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. You can email us lunchtimelive at newstalk.com or tweet us at lunchtimelivent. Now I'm joined on the line by Dr Ray O'Neill, psychoanalyst. Ray, what do you make of this lady's query? Hi Susan. It's it's such an a common occurrence and much more common than we care about. It was struck even that you were talking in the previous piece about the whole thing about naming and shaming. There still is such a shame Mm. in Ireland around relationship breakdown. And so we talk about a failed marriage. There is no such thing as a failed marriage if it ends well or if it ends as humanly possible. In many ways, the failed marriage is the kind of marriage that your listener is talking about where you know, the tension and the atmosphere, they can't, the silence is unbearable and they're staying together for the sake of the children. Please don't do that. Like from a psychoanalyst point of view, Ray, can that have repercussions for children as they grow up if they know that, you know, their parents were only staying together because of them? Of course it will, because then the children have to carry the burden of responsibility and guilt that their parents or parent was miserable because of them. And they won't thank them for that. No, there's no thanks. I mean, look, unfortunately, 
as, as all of your listeners will know, it's a, it's a curse to be a parent. It's a blessing as well, perhaps for about 10 minutes of the year. You can't live with them. You can't live with it's, without them. That's my motto. Um, <laughs> can I ask you, Ray, though, um, you say there when a marriage ends well, what do you mean by that in the sense that I, I you very seldom meet somebody who comes out of a marriage who will tell you that it was amicable. It is a messy, messy business. It is a messy, but it's again, you know, it's like, I suppose, all wars and all battles are indeed the Brexit divorce that is potentially going on. There are better outcomes and there are awful outcomes. So it's like, unfortunately, not everyone can shake hands, give each other a hug and say, look, I wish you well. Sometimes it is, it is very often really, really bitter and angry. But for the sake of children especially, and indeed for yourselves, it is better to end things as well as possible. So, Ray, have you got any, what tips would you give then for people? You know, people will always say, oh, if your marriage is going to break up, make sure that you put the kids at the front and centre, you know, of this and make sure that you don't, you know, try not to think of yourselves, try and think of the kids and what they might need. But, you know, that's very hard to do, really, when, when people get angry, when people just get annoyed with the situation. It is very hard to do that. Absolutely. This is the whole thing is being a parent involves being a human being. And if you're a human being, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to get angry at the wrong time. You're going to get emotional at whatever the wrong time might be. What kids need more than anything else is honesty. If a parent can sit down with children, no matter what their age, whether they actually be kids or whether they're adolescents or young adults, and just sit down and say, here's what's going on. Kids manage the truth really well. What they don't manage very well are mixed signals, particularly if they're in the middle of a conflict. Yeah, I mean, I think kids are much more resilient than we probably give them credit credit for. Um, and I said at the start of the piece there that I really feel that you can't pull the wool over kids' eyes. Like if kids live in a house and it's an unhappy house, they are not unaware of that. They're acutely aware of it, I'd say. Absolutely. And I suppose this is what psychoanalysis say. There's a conscious awareness of it and there's an unconscious awareness. What happens is we have that phrase, the sins of the father fall on the son. The sins of the parents fall on the children. If the children don't have the coordinates for what a relationship should be, and a relationship involves relating. If the parents can't give that to each other in front of the children, or more importantly, give that to the children, the children will struggle for coordinates to have relationships themselves. Okay, Dr. Ray O'Neill, psychoanalyst, thanks for talking to us on Lunchtime Live this afternoon, Ray. Um, lots of you getting in touch in relation to this topic. And as I said, I think it's something that lots of people um, have been through or maybe are about to go through or at least have considered at some point or another. Mandy is on the line. Mandy, what are your thoughts on this listener's query in particular on whether couples should stay together just for the sake of their children, even if they're unhappy together? Hi, how's it going? Um Right, well, my thoughts would be that, very, very similar to the gentleman that was just on, um, I really don't believe that it's advisable for parents to stay together. And I was married for 12 years. We separated nearly four years ago, and my kids are aged 13 and 11, all right? So they would have been, what, four years younger um, back then when we did separate. Now, the marriage, I wouldn't say it was unhappy, right? But I don't think either of us was getting out of the marriage or what we needed, Okay. Right? For whatever reasons, okay? It's always going to be hard on kids. 
Um, and that person that wrote in, what ages were kids? 15 and 12. 12 and 15, yeah. Yeah, it's like no matter when parents split up, it's traumatic on the kids. And it's traumatic on the parents. It's traumatic on everybody, right? And in a house where there's silence, it's not healthy, right? Kids, we want to kind of guide them and teach them, you know, what a happy home is and provide them with a happy home. And they do pick up on silences. And I, I of the firm belief, right, if, if mammy's unhappy or if daddy's unhappy, the kids are unhappy. Right, because if you're living in an unhealthy environment, you are going to be unhappy. Amanda, right? can I ask you, did you for a long time when you, you know, were coming up to maybe making that decision that you were going to separate, how big a factor were the kids? Were they very much in your head? Were you thinking, oh, we can't do this to them? Or how did you sort of get to the point where you thought, OK, it's still going to be better for them? OK. Like I said, if a parent is happy or if parents are happy, often the kids are happy because we if you're a happy person you're able to function better you are able to listen to your children's you know what what their needs are better right you you know what your own needs are mm. um you know if you're happy and you can give attention to those things right when i was unhappy in the marriage or i'm not saying i was an unhappy person right but things just weren't right all right of course yeah i consider the kids hugely right and obviously you know, it's like, oh, they're going to be from a broken home, right? The old thing, or they're going to be from parents w- with a failed marriage, right? The stigma. Um, and Do you think that's still there, Mandy? Yeah. It is, hugely, right? Even when, even sometimes when I still say, oh, yeah, I'm separated, or my partner and I, oh, we are married. Oh, I'm awfully sorry to hear that. I mean, it's not a bad thing for a marriage to break down or whatever word you want to want to put in us, right? Of course, parents consider the children, but we also have to consider ourselves. And it might sound selfish, but we all deserve to be happy. Yeah, well, as that saying goes, you can't pour from an empty cup. So, I mean, if you're not getting anything out of the relationship or you're not happy, you know, it's yeah. very hard for you to be there for for your children. Absolutely. Um, Mandy, right. You ha- need to communicate with them as well. Did, right? you ha- did you have an amicable breakup then or did you manage to try and keep things on an even keel for the kids when you were going through that kind of early stages of it? Initially, yeah, it was all very amicable, right? But that is not to say that it is not traumatic, mm. right? When that lady, if that lady makes a decision, right, it's going to be so hard, so devastating, the tears, the crying, the rage, the anger, right, at herself, probably at the whole world and so on, right. But again, she, you know, she's a human being. He's a human being, right. And they will have bad days, good days and so on, right, for themselves with the kids. There'll be frustrations and so on and so forth, right. And there's a massive grief around I, I feel for myself anyway, when a marriage breaks up, okay? The kids will feel massive grief. But, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter when it happens. If she waits until they grow older, there's still going to be massive grief and trauma, you know, if it happens now. And kids are very adaptable, right? Um, initially, yeah, in my, in my case, yeah, it was all amicable and all very friendly. And, you know, we sat down and we talked to the kids and so on. Now it's not so, but that's irrelevant, really. Right. Mm. All parents can do is to be the best parents, whether together or apart, to those kids. Right. And and I will speak from previous experience as well. Right. When I was a child, well, I wasn't a child. I was a, a late teen when my parents split up. OK. Yeah. And that was back nearly 30 years ago. So. 
stigma, you think the stigma now, mm. I mean, back then it was like, oh my God, you know, your family, your parents are split up, that's horrific. At the same time, it was extremely traumatic as well, right? As a child or as a, as a daughter, right, of both of those parents. They stayed together, and they'd say it now, they stayed together longer for us children. In hindsight now, like, I remember the fights, I remember you know, the tension in the home mm. and so on and so forth, right? You're always going to have tension in any marriage at certain times, right? But both my parents, they put us first. They wanted, you know, for us to go through school and so on and so forth. But even going through school, we felt, or I felt, right, because I can only speak for myself, I felt the tension in the home. I knew my parents, you know, at different times were hugely unhappy. And it just, I want to jump to, uh, Jane's on the line, but before I let you go, Mandy, do you wish your parents had separated earlier? That's what I was going to say. Yes, I do in hindsight. Now, it wouldn't have been any easier, right? But it may have been easier on them and it may have given them an opportunity to get on with their lives and, and go out there and try and be happy elsewhere. Like I did. It took me a long time to leave, but at the same time... And you're happy now. really tough. And I'm really happy now. And it doesn't matter whether you meet someone or if you don't. Yeah, once you're happy, once you have that inner happiness. And there's one thing I do want to say. A lot of people stay because they're afraid they're going to lose the house and so on and so forth. When we get to ancient age, please God, if we do, the last things we care about is bricks and mortar. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mandy, thanks so much for sharing your story on Lunchtime Live uh, this afternoon. I want to jump to Jane is on the line. Jane, what do you think about this issue of people who stay together for the sake of the children? Well, I think from, from my experience, I think um, definitely not. I don't think one should stay together. And I resonate a lot with what, what you've already been discussing on the show. Um, I think it, it, to live in a toxic environment where you dread your husband turning the key in the door, which was what happened to me, I absolutely dreaded hearing that key turning in the door when he came home. I couldn't live in that situation any longer, and I know it affected my children. And my children were very small at the time. They were only five and seven when I left. But I do not regret it at all. And I think, obviously, you know, it, it, everybody has their own experience and we did try counselling, but like you're the person who wrote into you, yeah. my husband was not engaged in the counselling at all. And um, so I just made the decision to go. And yes, financially, it was very difficult and I went through very difficult times. But at the end of the day, I am really much, much happier. And the children were much happier, too. And they say to me now, Mom, you know, it's great. You, you are absolutely right to leave. They can see that I made the right decision. And that's great. They endorse that. So your your children are a good bit younger now than the than the person who text who they sent us the younger. email. They're yeah, now, they're now much later. I no, mean, but say it happened when they were you know yeah, seven. When they were much smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose what advice would you have though, just in terms of dealing with the children for the listener that emailed us? Is honesty sort of the best policy when it comes to Definitely. this? Definitely, absolutely. I mean, I lived in California and I lived in London, so I knew a lot of divorced people before I came back here. And when I came back here, it was quite a rare thing when I came back with the kids. But I was very open with my children. I mean, I talked to them about everything. And, and I think, yes, honesty is the best policy, definitely. And, they, and they'll grow up with that and they'll understand it. I, I do honestly think it's, uh, it's best to be completely open about the situation and get rid of that awful weight of toxicity in the house. 
And Jane, when you um, were deciding to leave and that key was coming in the door and, you know, you just hated the sound of it. Yeah. Did you feel that you couldn't because of the kids? Were they a massive consideration in whether you'd go or stay? I, they were a consideration in that I thought it was better for us all to go. Okay. Um, my, my husband was a bully, um, but he wasn't bullying the kids, but he wasn't really there for the kids. He was, he was quite narcissistic. Um, so I did the majority of the parenting anyway. And so when I left, I was still doing all the parenting anyway, you know. And so what was your home life like, um, like when you were growing up, when you were younger? Were your parents together or what yeah, kind of background? My, yes, my parents were together. We, we grew up, we had a good childhood, etc. But my mother often said um, she made her bed and she, she had to lie in it, which was the attitude in those days. You had no option. You That's had, the attitude the still marriage. in some parts, I think, of Ireland. I don't know how far well, we've moved may, on from well that. It may well be, actually, but um, I think it's much healthier to to get out if it's not working. And it's sad. Of course, it's sad. And I always, I wanted to get married for good. We all want to get married for good. But... Um, no, it's... Um, Sometimes the world's not perfect. Yeah. Um, Jane, thanks for sharing your story on Lunchtime Live. I appreciate it. Caroline's on the line. Caroline, your marriage um, has ended. What What are you going to do about it? Well, yeah, ours has um, ended and a little bit unusual in that we're both still living in the family home. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know how unusual that is these days because I, I really do think that sometimes the financial burden of going your separate ways can be a huge deterrent for people even if they want to absolutely. separate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was the primary reason, I suppose, initially as to why we, we had to stay in the, the one home. Um, but ultimately, it has turned out to work for us in that the children know we have four children, 15 down to nine. Okay. Um, and it's we're five years apart now. The kids know about four years, three and a half to four years. Um, separate bedrooms and once we had reached that point to, to move into the separate rooms we told the children and didn't give them the details as to why because I don't think that that level of honesty is necessary or required mm-hmm. um, but uh, but certainly told them that our relationship had come to an end but that we both wanted to be a part of their lives and stay involved and we wanted to be there as parents and you know, it's a busy house with four So children. is the plan for you to stay all under the one roof or if you could separate out, would would that be preferable? If we could financially, um, I think as individuals, we would both prefer it. But the kids obviously prefer it this way. OK, they so have. you're both there, you're both under yeah. the same roof. And do you spend, I know you're saying you're in separate bedrooms, obviously, but do you spend, do you have dinner together? Do you spend kind of time sitting around watching the TV together or um, do you try and keep Not a huge amount during distance. the week. Mm. We, because as you can imagine, four children, it's pretty busy anyway. Mm. So there's always something happening. There's always somebody going somewhere. Um, so to be honest, it would be difficult to do it as a single person you know, to keep four on the road to activities. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's fantastic from that angle. And, you know, the communication lines are very good. Most of the time, of course, we it's a bit of a roller coaster in that we go through phases where we're like, right, we're going to kill him. Yeah, and like it was obviously point, quite an amicable breakup though then, was it? Because it, most people no, who... No, no. But, but you managed to be under the, with the one roof. We did, yeah. It was amicable in that there wasn't a load of shouting and roaring, but it was just as devastating as any breakup. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I don't know how we now looking back I don't know how we did it So honestly. your youngest is nine now so were they only four then when you broke up? She was yeah. Okay Yeah and you've got a good range of kids um, there age wise Caroline and not to yeah. you know I mean people need to find their way through with these things you know if this lands on your lap it lands on your lap but in terms yeah. of your older kids and your younger kids did you feel it hit any age group particularly badly or anybody that kind of dealt with it a, yeah, a, a little the, bit better? The eldest I think would have been 11 at the time 12 and um, it, it would have been hardest on him. Okay so I the was, older. I was surprised yeah Definitely the older um, they are, well, certainly at that age anyway, kind of that 10, 11, 12, I think that's the most difficult part because they're going through so much change themselves with, you know, coming out of primary school into secondary school, a whole new bunch of friends. Certainly in our situation, we're coming from a small village Mm. school into a a town. Their world is kind of rocking anyway, you know, at that stage. Yeah, yeah. So Um, it does, it does make a difference what age the children are. And had I been looking back, had I the choice, I'd have broken up sooner. If you do have to end up living in separate houses, I would say do it while they're small. I suppose because one of the, the things, Caroline, that you, yeah, I mean, you do hear that a lot. And I, I'm nearly sure that the studies, all the studies will tell you that children, when this happens, when they're really, really young, they sort of bounce back a bit quicker than a child who has good, solid memories of their parents being together. Yeah. And then yeah. th- this situation changes. I suppose one thing about the fact that you've stayed under the one roof, you didn't have to ever... Um, deal or process the fear of um, by the fact that you were going to go your separate ways that you'd have weekends or long periods of time without your children because I think that is something that people really really dread like they might yes. not want to be with the person but the idea of possibly having have every second Christmas children. you know mm-hmm. and having to co-parent and share your children that just strikes fear in most people Yeah and in fairness you know we did discuss all of that because mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, obviously, the aim is that we will separate. You know, it's, it's kind of a rolling decision. Um, you know, financially, when we can, if yeah. we can. Um, but there's absolutely no support structure around us that would enable us to do that. We're not financially in a position. We don't have options. And, um, you know, he can't go home to parents or anything like that. Um, so it is kind of a rolling decision, but we've been honest with the children in that that is the future. That is what is going to happen. But there's no date. There's no timeline on that or anything. Um, but we have had the discussions ourselves, but myself and, and my ex as to how would we deal with all of that? Christmas stuff yeah of course and And maybe this isn't something that's on your radar or your ex-husband's radar but I guess a new partner is probably off the charts until you're out from under the same roof as well in terms of moving on if you met somebody else yes that would be a challenge (laughs) (laughs) to to put it lightly yeah yeah exactly but you know both I suppose life is busy enough it's not something that, that either of us are particularly engaged in at the moment um, or interested in. You're managing to make it work for your four kids. You've separated out, but you're under the one roof and I suppose they're your priority at the minute. Yeah, exactly. Now, it's not that we're together for the children, which is what the original... No, um, I know that. I know you've you've separated that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just think that if you're in a position, obviously there there are so many breakups where you need to be separate, you know, whether it's domestic abuse or 
mental abuse or mental torture or just an absolute breakdown of a relationship. But if at all possible, um, to spend time thinking about other options than an immediate separation of the family, I think it's worth looking at the options. It has worked for us. Okay, Caroline, thanks so much for sharing your story with us on Lunchtime Live and I wish you the best of luck and your four kids as well. Thanks for talking to you, talking to us. Uh, loads of texts coming in, loads and loads of texts on this. I'll bring you to before we take a break. I was the teenager in that situation with my parents. Every family, every child is different, but for me it would have been better if they'd separated. In my case, I ended up being a referee, a go-between, and in the end, uh, the parent to my parents. The scars have lasted on me and my siblings. I don't think my parents would have been able to be mature enough to think of us instead of themselves but it would hopefully uh, it would be hopefully what I would do if I found myself in that situation and another one I grew up in a toxic environment the atmosphere was horrendous it damaged all the children in the house it ruined our lives and left us with no confidence it would have been a million times better if they had had separated we all say this to them now and they are so hurt that we feel this way I myself left my partner as I didn't want my kids growing up in that environment best thing I ever did they are happy and secure now that that they're used to the situation. Keep your texts coming in to us 53106 at a cost of 30 cents. You can tweet us at lunchtime live NT or email us lunchtime live at newstalk.com. We'll be back after this. Air Credit Card brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to takeoff. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only. Acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.